It's six minutes to seven o'clock. We're talking our big story of the day. Fraudulent marriages. And no, if the person married you and they lied in the marriage, this doesn't count. We're talking about your ID number being used. Stop laughing. It's a serious (laughs) issue. (laughs) But that's not what we're talking about. All right. So we're joined on the line this morning by Home Affairs uh, Fraudulent Marriages uh, Contact, who is the Director General, Tulani Mavuso. Good morning, Tulani. Good morning and good morning to your listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. So let's get into how somebody would find themselves in a situation where suddenly they are Mrs. Soe Fong and not Miss Mabocha. Well, uh, there's various uh, scenarios that I play when it comes to fraudulent marriages. First of all, uh, we have uh, instances where an individual knowingly gets into a marriage with somebody for them and then they claim that it's a fraudulent marriage. In those instances, we're able to prove through a marriage register because when someone gets married, we even take the fingerprint of that particular person. Mm. So that's the first scenario. The second scenario is genuine cases where um, someone's identity has been stolen, their, their records have been used, you know, um, without them knowing, and they are, then they get married in that regard. Mm. And at that permutation is when, obviously, you've got um, the duplicate IDs, for example, where someone's ID is matching with another person, you know, mm. and then you'd have that particular situation. Those cases we've been trying to resolve for over the years. Look, um, what we've also found is that, um, you know, when we appro- process, for example, applications for permanent residence, that is why we always say we want to visit the family to see that between the two people who are claiming to be married, whether there's good spousal uh, relationship, you know. In most instances, you'd find that um, people come from certain countries, which I would not mention because many of them, um, but then they will em- marry their employees, you know, in order to keep them in employment and then say, you know, you help me to get the papers. Mm. So that's the reality that we are faced with. And unfortunately, you know, because of issues that of unethical conduct, some of even the marriage officers who are pastors and some of them who are officials of the department, mm. they get into these scams where they get recruited to do all these um, evil things. So in essence, the motivation for somebody to want to do this is what? Is it citizenship or is it possibly trying to get access to things like credit through your name? Well, um, in most instances, actually is motivated by um, the, the citizenship issue or getting permanent residence in the Republic. And in this, in most of those instances, we find that <clears throat> those foreign nations, that is why when people complain that it takes long um, for for people to get permanent residence, mm. particularly on the basis of um, marriage, we're saying it is because we have to ascertain that the marriage exists. Because, you know, I've had instances where people have applied for permanent residence for their foreign nationals, or uh, their spouses who are foreign nationals. Mm-hmm. They would say, home affairs is delaying us, it's frustrating uh, my partner, and so forth. Immediately when that partner the permanent residence, then they separate with this particular individual. Then the person comes back to us and says, please, can you take it back mm. now because he's dumped me. But you said, no, we don't regulate the relationship. What we regulate <laughs> is whether, um, you know, you, that particular person deserves to get the document mm. on the basis that you, as a South African citizen, you are saying we are in good faith spousal relations and we have children because mm. this. But in most instances, you do find the, you know, the opposite. So why is it that the traditional green ID book is so easy uh, to to copy versus the card? 
Well, I remember the, the, the traditional ID book you used to, for an example, fill an application form by hand. You would paste a picture on the application form. Mm-hmm. And then it goes to Pretoria, it goes to the back office, it gets processed. And then the book is already there. Then you'd find that then you have to put just the picture. This modern day of technology and you know, uh, people having access to digital print. They're able to do anything. You're able to remove that, um, you know, laminate and then put a different picture and then laminate it again. So with a smart ID card, that's why we don't want you to bring your even your photo when you come mm. to us. We will take our own photo because everything is integrated in the system. Even the printing of the of the of the smart card, mm. it actually it, it, it puts different layers of uh, of the card before it actually forms the image that would have taken in the office. So it's very difficult to crack that one. You know, that's why we need to ensure that the application process is mm. also very tight because that's where, you know, people can try to be scrupulous. But the actual card itself, it cannot be forced. All right. So what can a person do if they uh, want to check, number one, if they're married, but also how can you get reverse that if you find out that you're fraudulently married? Yes, the first thing that we, we used to do in the past, we used to have uh, 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 on our website a mechanism in which people could check themselves, you know, mm. they would put their number and so forth. But we, dis- we disabled that because, you know, the, the cybercrime people were starting to use that for phishing. Of it. Oh. We had to you know, find a different way to help people to authenticate. We are still looking at an option that would be much more secure because it's always easy to check yourself rather than having to go to the office. Mm. But basically what people need to do, can go to any of our offices so that they can be able to check their status. If they do find that now they have a, a, a challenge of being married to somebody, so they have to report that, they can contact our contact center. And then once they've reported that, we'll then investigate a specific case. I've asked the, the head of civic services to actually set up a unit now that will specifically deal with those cases because we do uh, deal with about 2,000 cases on an annual basis mm. of people who report those incidences. And last year we, we had to annul over 1,000 marriages wow. because we found that actually they, uh, uh, there were marriages uh, that were done fraudulently. Yes. But those where you find that someone uh, you know, got money from this uh, foreign national when they were young, some people do these things when they are 18 or 20, at the age of 30, they realize that actually life is now stopped mm. because they can no longer even chase this particular individual. Then they come and claim fraudulent marriage instead of having to follow a court process to say, no, at that time I married myself to somebody else. What is even worse is when parents do not know, mm. when the new spouse does not know that we actually got into this thing. So really we call upon young uh, ladies in particular not to get into that arrangement because it does happen when they are in, in, in pleasure institutions, yeah. you know, when they are still young, that they would find themselves being, you know, having uh, these blessers who come and bless them mm. and then they do all Let, Let's not even go there. Tulani, unfortunately, we've run out of time, but thank you so much for chatting to us. Home Affairs Director General Tulani Mavuso. Head over to the website dha.gov.za. That's the Department of Home Affairs. Some of you also said that when you were trying to get your Sasa grants, you discovered that you were married. Be careful, protect your ID number and your ID document.